Hi, Katie. Hey, babe. So we have a very special episode today. We do, and we're excited to share it with you. Yeah. Last week, we went to Cappadocia, and we stayed in a very lovely hotel. Called the Castle in Cappadocia. Yeah, and the owner of this hotel is very uh, gregarious. Personable. Very outgoing, very talkative. And so we took the opportunity to interview him. I would say he probably never meets a stranger. Like, I think he probably meets a stranger. I think he meets strangers, but they don't stay strangers. They don't stay strangers. I think that everyone he meets ends up being a friend. Yeah. So we interviewed him, and in this podcast, you will get to hear that interview. And just so you know, the quality of the audio is good, but... We recorded it in an old stable that he turned into like a dining room. And so it's a little echoey or um, maybe a little hard to hear in some places. But uh, we hope you can make it out and enjoy it. So now for the podcast. I'm Jason. And together we believe in intentional dreaming for international living. We left our lives and family in small town Iowa to move overseas. And now as it becomes a reality, we want to share our adventures and our experiences along the way. Let's say that last part together. (laughs) (laughs) Great. So we are sitting here in Cappadocia at the Castle Inn Hotel. Do you just call it the Castle Inn? Well, it must be called Castle in Cappadocia. Castle in Cappadocia. And it's not, I wouldn't call it necessarily a hotel. I would say it's more of a boutique. Boutique, yeah. Boutique. Yes, boutique. a boutique kind of bed and breakfast. Yeah, bed and breakfast boutique. Uh, we don't want here called just hotel because hotel is very formal, very formal place. So here we try to uh, provide a not very luxury, mm-hmm. but a comfortable, friendly accommodation. Yeah. When people come here, we have more close uh, relationships with people, very friendly. And that's why uh, we don't call people who still be customer. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't believe sometimes people left here by crying. Just because they enjoyed their stay oh, yeah. so much. I, I remember two years ago in October, we had a girl from Thai girl. She stayed here five nights. Mm-hmm. She was very friendly. She was an English teacher. She was very good at speaking. And... Uh, the last night, the uh, shuttle, the airport shuttle, was supposed to pick up at 8 p.m. So she was already with uh, my wife and my business partner, Archie, and Archie's wives. So last night, we decided to favor her. All our wives came here. You know, we were sitting here, all of us, uh, chatting. Then the shuttle driver came, and we all attempted to stand up. She screamed us, everybody freeze. <laughs> we stopped. And she said, I don't like farewells. Everybody sit down here. I can't go by myself. She grabbed her backpack and she ran out up the stairs by crying. <laughs> but we, we, we are frozen here by we're, we're thinking what's going to happen, what's going to happen here, you know? Yeah. She just laughed by crying. That's not the Turkish way. Usually the. No, this is, this is not a hotel way as well. So. Right. Yeah. Last year, um, again, we had a Canadian couple here. It was a lovely couple as well. Maybe she hugged me and cried one minute <laughs> <laughs> next to her boyfriend. 
Yeah, it's not a normal hotel. Yeah, no, 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 not a normal As I said, this is a place we're not expecting to be a billionaire here because we have five rooms and we are two shareholders here. Our main intention is to meet people from around the world because mm-hmm. I love to meet new people, learning new things, giving them more information about Turkey. Mm-hmm. I know most of the hotels here, the relationship is very formal, you know, but here we can talk everything with the people. And to provide this, of course, we have to have, as a, as a landlord, let's say, uh, I have to have a good English to communication. So I believe that I have a good English, so I can easily communicate people uh, more than the others. Mm-hmm. Well, we have established that your English is better than our Turkish. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. So far. So far. <laughs> no, I Let's think see next year. Pretty much all <laughs> around. So, yeah, we've enjoyed our stay. So far. So far. We've been here one night. We've got one night more. Um, and it's really, it has been more of a unique experience where it, it's not as this formal um, meet and greet, and then you never see the people that greeted you at the beginning. You've been here since the beginning. Um, so kind of tell us a little bit about how you even got into the, like working and owning the castle in Cappadocia. Before I answer those questions, just a little quick memory came sure. to my mind about my relation with the people that stayed here. Last year in November, we had an Australian honeymoon couple, and they were on a six-month Europe trip as a you know, honeymoon trip. Wow. So they were for three nights here. The fourth morning, they came breakfast. And they said, so what, is our room available tonight? I said, yes. So can we stay one more night? No worries. And the fifth morning, they came. and said, so what, is our room available tonight? I said, yes. <laughs> the sixth morning, they came. So what, is our room available? Yes. <laughs> the seventh morning, Yes. <laughs> And the eighth morning, they began to discuss whether they spent entire winter here or not. So <laughs> that was hilarious story. Wow. I it a little bit. How long did they end up staying? Nine days. Uh, oh, for three nights, stayed nine days. Yeah, there's so much to see in this area. And with our stay, we're we're actually the only ones in this hotel in the in the inn, and it just kind of surprised me. Just. I don't really feel alone here, even though we are the only guest, yeah. because it has been so personable, yeah. at least. That's that's the reason I needed five rooms here. This place could be easily ten rooms, but I needed just five rooms, because to be honest, I don't want too much people here. Less people, but more communication. Mm-hmm. If this place could be ten rooms, you know, and in a busy day, I cannot interact people yeah. very closely, you know. Mm-hmm. And the rooms would be a lot smaller. Good yeah, rooms, yeah, yeah, yeah. For example, your room is normal two separate rooms, so I'll unite them and make one room. Yeah. There are other rooms in the upstairs, two rooms, unite them make one room. There was another um, additional room, which is built, I would say, maybe 14 years ago. So I pulled it down, you know, mm-hmm. um, I made it a, a terrace as well. Hmm. Five rooms is fantastic because we're not, we have not intention of making a lot of money here. Yeah. yeah. About your question, yeah, um, I am not originally from Cappadocia. I'm from north of Turkey, Tramson City, Galaxia region. And uh, I'm originally a historian. I made history in the university. In university, I saw the ads of Turkish Airlines Club looking for balloon pilots. So I decided to become a balloon pilot. And then I came here to Cappadocia. And uh, working after 15 years, I decided to make um, a different investment for my future. 
There's a very nice saying in Kapadu, the local saying. In Kapadukya, people say, you can fill your pot with water while water is running. Mm-hmm. This means basically, when you're young, making good money, make some investment for your future. Because when it comes to 50, 60 years old, you will not have strength and money as you were making in 30s, late 30s. So this is kind of a place, uh, investment for my retirement. I don't know, 30, 20 years later, when I get retired, this would be a good place to sell or rent. Or when I finish my bubble party career, I will stay here all the time, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great... It's a great, um, I like the saying that you talked about to invest young so that you have something for later. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for future. How do you, how do you say it in Turkish? Tasty, so akarken dolar. Okay. Tasty means pot, so akarken dolar. That's awesome. Yeah, so the, the being a balloon pilot actually brought you to Cappadocia, right? Yeah. Are yeah. there other regions in Turkey that, that do that uh, as well? For a long time, just Cappadocia, but, uh, recently, um, a few places open for bowling um, in Turkey. One of them is um, near Ankara. Uh, one of them is in Pamukkale. Mm-hmm. But I have to say that I'm not sure uh, if balloon flies in those places uh, will be popular like in Cappadocia. The Cappadocia region chosen one of three best balloon destinations in the world with following reasons. First, the weather conditions. We fly almost 300 days in a year here. Yeah, and um, for example, just as a compare, friends in Europe or in America or in Australia, when they flew like 80, 90 days or 100 days in a year, they're proud of it. They say, oh, we flew too much this year. Mm. And I always say, my friends, shut up. I'm flying 300 days in Turkey. Uh, a few years ago, a lot of balloon companies in England bankrupt mm. because they have flown just 40 days in 2013. Mm. So they all bankrupt now. In 2014, next year, by chance, I had a British guy in my balloon. During the flight, he said, so, I, you know, last year, I have scheduled 14 times balloon flight in England, and all canceled, and I got sick of it. And I came to Cappadocia just fly balloon. Mm-hmm. And the first day he has flown, and during the flight, I was hearing him, he was mourning himself. Why are I suffered one year in England? I should come earlier. He's <laughs> <laughs> definitely... Should have come here before. But yeah, but most of the cancellations, I have to say, in winter time. Yeah, yeah. I have another um, uh, memory about a story about January floods in January in winter time. It was a long time ago, about eight years ago. We had a guy from Alaska, Patrick. At that time, he was 25 years old. And he was a fisherman in Alaska. Mm. And he has never been out of Alaska State in his life. And last five years, he was saving money to make a world round trip. Starting point, Turkey. Mm-hmm. On top of his bucket list is blue flight over Cappadocia. Mm-hmm. He, um, unfortunately, four mornings in a row, blue flights were canceled. <laughs> and the fifth morning, he says, so I, unfortunately, I have to go because I had an East Turkey tour to join. I said, sorry, Patrick, you know, Mother Nature, I wish you could be able to fly back. You know, we had nothing to do. He was a bit upset, but, you know, it's okay, he said. And same day, the afternoon, I got a phone call from him, and he was asking me, so how does the weather look like tomorrow morning? I quickly go online, and yeah, surprisingly, the next morning, it's per- perfect, fantastic for a balloon flight. I said, Patrick, you're very unlucky. Tomorrow seems a good day to fly. <laughs> he turned a few seconds, and he said that. So I booked for me. I'm coming tomorrow morning. <laughs> I said, 
Are you sure? Yeah. He said, I'm sure I'm coming. And he flew from East Turkey to Van to Istanbul. And he arrived in the midnight here to Cappadocia. <laughs> Guys, that was the longest night in my life. <laughs> Too much pressure and stress. I couldn't sleep all night. Every five minutes, I was going to open window and look into the sky. <laughs> if I can see clouds and stars, you know. Yeah. Thanks God. Next morning, uh, uh, we flew. And he was happy. And he flew back to Istanbul then for the Easter vacation. And that morning after the flight, probably I took the most deepest breath of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a really long nap. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, most of my gray hairs from that night. <laughs> What makes Cappadocia such a good place for hot air ballooning? Apart from the forecast, I mean, weather conditions, uh-huh. uh, uh, the scenery. Yeah. Scenery is like a lunar, lunar scape, lunar life scenery. It's amazing. And the church is um, a market. Mm-hmm. You know, we have someone to promote balloon flights here. Cappadocia is a tourist region every year, between 2 million to 2.2 million people visiting here. So we have people to promote balloon rides. Yeah. Also, the area we fly is not huge, large, small area. And the balloon flights, yeah, doesn't affect people daily itineraries. Mm-hmm. Because um, a lot of people come to Kabarokia average for two days. So we fly early morning, finish flight, bring people back to their hotels before 9 or around 9 o'clock. So people can easily catch their daily tours starting at 9.30 or 10 a.m. So this is one of the advantages of balloon flight here. For example, in America or in Europe, there is no most of the places there is no pickup. You have to drive meeting point. The mm. balloon company picks you up from meeting point. You drive further to flight area, flight, flight further, come back to your house or your hotel, maybe 11, 12 in the afternoon. So your half day is gone. Mm. But here in Kabarokia, everything is finished in the early morning and you still have a full day. For yourself. How many balloon flights are there a day? Um, two, let's say. Um, we, if in a busy season, Turkish Civil Aviation allows us take off 30 minutes later after the first takeoff balloons. Mm. So we can fly in the morning two times mm-hmm. and then afternoon. Mm. But uh, <clears throat> afternoons, as I said, we have flown, we fly almost 300 mornings uh, in a year. But we fly maybe 20, 25 afternoon suitable for balloon flights. Mm. One of the reasons we fly just early morning is the weather conditions. Because around the sunrise, um, the weather is very calm, stable, you know, not windy, uh, not very hot. But especially in summertime, after 8, 9 o'clock, the weather gets very hot, strong winds, and turbulence starting. Yeah. So and it goes all day. So how, many, how many balloons per day? Ah, uh, in an easy day. 150 balloons fly. Wow. That is the maximum limitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the area, in total, companies have 220, 225 balloons, but Turkish civilization allows to fly just maximum 150 balloons. Wow. And uh, when I started here in 1994, in that year, we had just two balloon companies with four balloons, 1994. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, that year, the total number of people flown in Cappadocia is 106. All year round. Wow. In 2015, 200 balloons and more than half a million people flew ballooning. Wow. wow. So, Kabarik is currently the biggest commercial ballooning destination in the world. Right. When my um, my friends, uh, my international balloon pilot friends came here, they're in shock. 
because they say it's impossible to fly this much volume at the same time in such a small area. Right. This is unusual, you know. But you do it. Yeah, when we got used to it, you know. Yeah. I have to tell you something funny. As I said, in 1994, when I started ballooning here, when I saw four balloons at the same time in the sky, I was telling myself, oh, the sky is very busy. How will I fly? <laughs> Because that was the maximum number, four balloons. Yeah. But yeah. now, 150 balloons, oh, that's normal. <laughs> that's a lot. A lot, yeah. So, do you like flying more than hotelering? Hotel. <laughs> Which do you prefer? If you had to only pick one of them to do, I would say now hotel business.、Mm. You know why? Because in a balloon flight, a balloon flight is nice because every day、uh, flying people from around the world, you know, different people, different lives, different stories.、Mm-hmm. And every morning while I drive to office、uh, for flight on the road, I'm thinking, who will I fly this morning from which countries? But the problem is, in a balloon flight, you have communication with my passengers one hour. You know,、mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at the end of the balloon flight, everybody goes back to their tasks. But in hotel business, you know, I spend more time, you know, hours and hours, days and days with the people. Yeah, this comes to be more fun than、uh, balloon business. Yeah, it's warmer. Yeah, right <laughs> at least right now, anyways. Yeah. There's probably something challenging too about the hotel side of things. You, it's newer. It's not super new for you, but it's it's a newer endeavor than probably your flying is. You've been doing your flying a lot longer. Yeah, yeah, well, twenty two years. Right, and your、20. hotel. <coughs> this is our fifth、uh, year. Fifth year. Fifth year. Fifth year. Right, but I'm still learning. I'm still learning. But I have to tell you something. My style is a bit different than other hoteliers.、Mm-hmm. You know,、um, because the way I treat my the people who stays is totally different than others, and in such a short time, I made a good reputation. Actually, a few days ago, if you notice, I got TripAdvisor 2017 Traveler's Choice Award. And that's、um, after 2016, 2015. In 15, yeah, three yeah, years in a row. Yeah, three years in a row. Yeah, and 2014, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, I got the TripAdvisor Excellence Awards as well. Congratulations! Thank you very much. And this is this is very unusual for the other hoteliers.、Mm-hmm. If you imagine, there are almost 500 hotels in Cappadocia, and I'm pretty new compared to most of them. Yeah,、mm-hmm. but they didn't receive these awards. It shows you how important the just the personal aspect of、oh, yeah. it and the side of it. And、yeah. plus, another reason is I have to say most of the hoteliers in Cappadocia, ninety percent of them,、um, built their hotels and restaurants with land loanings,、hmm. and for ten years or twenty years, so they need to、um, they need to make money quickly and pay their debts. Yeah, not talking of course all of them. But some of the hoteliers see they get like a dollar sign.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here we bought this place with our own savings.、Mm-hmm. This size of small boutique hotels, the restoration and the renovation takes maybe six months, and then start business. But ours is almost two years because we work all in cash. Yeah. For example, when we bought this place, we spent all our savings. Mm-hmm. So me and Archie, my other、uh, business partner, he's also a balloon pilot. All, all our money ran out, so we need to save some money. We waited a few months, then we had some money saved,、mm-hmm. and we called、uh, the electrician. He did the stuff, electric stuff. I said, "How much? Five thousand dollar. Here you are." Next month, plumber came. How much? Three thousand dollar. Here you are. 
Next month, no money wait. Fourth month, no money wait. Fifth <laughs> month, we have some saving. We call the furniture guys to make the furniture thing. So by this way, slowly, slowly, it goes. And okay. at the end of two years, when we finish everything, with zero debt. Yeah. So great. I'm very comfortable with that. So yeah. I have nothing to worry here. Mm-hmm. I mean, as bank loaning aspect. Yeah. The only thing I worry here is, you know, I have two stuff here. To pay their salaries, to pay their social security payments, to pay electricity, water. That's it. Yeah. That's it. We And we were talking about this morning how, like, focusing on quality instead of quantity. In a lot of hotels, it seems like they just want a lot of people and, and not really worry about making they are, They're not crying. That's the mentality yeah. in Kaparukia. I mean, a lot of hotelier things, the more room you have, the more good hotel you are. Or, but, you know, tourism business is like a stock market, mm. affecting it every single day. And we have a lot of up and downs, up and downs here. Yeah. So we are, we are having a very tough times in Turkey now. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a lot of hotelier friends who has like 30, 40, 50 rooms, and they're crying now. So and me, five rooms, when two, two rooms, I have two, I have two rooms, I'm very happy. Yeah. Two rooms <laughs> enough to cover my expenses, <laughs> but two rooms for them is you know nothing, you know. Yeah. yeah. When they ask me how many rooms you have, I say I'm full. Forty percent of my own. fifty percent. I had same kind of I had same kind of experience in uh, Morocco. In 2007, we went to Morocco with one of my friends, and uh, I don't know if he had been in Morocco. Actually, we yeah. went in September. No, August. August. For just, just for a day. We were in Spain yeah. for a month. So. Oh, well, where did you go? Tan- Tanja? Tanja is yeah, just Tanja. On, the on the corner. Yeah, that's yeah. where we went. Ah, so, so we're lovely. I like it. And then we took the boat back the next day. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah, no. We went to a, a month uh, for hiking uh, near Marrakesh. Uh, near Marrakesh uh, for hiking in a mountain. And actually, around the mountain is a small boutique hotel we found online. Uh-huh. Run by a Belgian company. So we arrived at the hotel in the middle of the night, and they, you know, greeted us, welcomed us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I asked them, how's business? And they said, good. How's the hotel? Is it, is it fully booked? Oh, yeah, we're 100% full today, tonight. <laughs> I said, well, how many rooms do you have? Two rooms. One of them is us, actually. <laughs> so he said, 100% full, yeah, <laughs> which is good for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in Tanja, I have a very funny memory. Um, one of my high school friends was working there. She was He was a civil engineer. He was making a road project for the Moroccan government. So one night we went to a very nice fish restaurant in Tanji. Uh, there's a very nice old American uh, pianist there playing you know, music. But apart from us, everybody in the restaurant was uh, locals and you know no one really paying attention to him. And we were probably the really only one listening to that. But he was playing very nice. He has a very nice voice as well. And um, I like Frank Sinatra's um, song of My Way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know if you're family in Turkey, when we want to request a song from the uh, singer, we write the song to the napkin. Hmm. So I decided to try my uh, try my chance. I wrote yeah. My Way, and I sent it to, the, to him with uh, the waiter, to the waiter. And I was watching, we had a close distance, you know. I was watching him. The waiter brought the uh, the napkin to him, and he opened, and he saw it, and he looked at me. He said, "Okay," and then he began to play, but with very um, enthusiastic uh, sounds, 
finally someone pay attention to him. I think he was feeling <laughs> it, and he was playing very, you know, the happy face, you know. Yeah. Then he keep playing Frank Stanford's songs, <laughs> and every time he finished the song, we were the only two applauding him. <laughs> <laughs> And then when we finish our um, dinner, so um, we attempt to go. Actually, the accent was just in front of him. When he saw that we are leaving, he stood up and he greeted us <laughs> like this. He was just so thankful to have oh, yeah, someone yeah, yeah. that appreciated. Yes, yeah, appreciate, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, well, that's okay. So we talked a little bit about hotels and a little bit about hot air ballooning. Is there anything else that people, I mean, there's so much that people need to know about Cappadocia, but if there's one place that they could go um, besides riding on the hot air balloon, mm-hmm. When they come and visit you, where where do you tell them? If you have no other time, do this. <sighs> that's a, that's a really hard question. Whoa, like a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say something. If we have one day in Cappadocia, we can make one day actually. If we share five days, we can make five days. Mm-hmm. I know some Dutch hiking groups come up to Cappadocia two weeks. Wow. And two weeks full, they wow. make itineraries, you know. And it happened to me here a few times. Some French people came here for a week, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, what would they do seven days in Cappadocia? You know? But I said it wrong because they showed their agenda to me day by day. They were here, uh-huh. yeah, you know, every night they were coming and they were telling me when this place, that place, that I haven't heard before. Although I'm living <laughs> for twenty years, wow. sometimes I'm just making fun with him. Uh, before you check out, can you give briefing to me about <laughs> <laughs> Apart from balloon fly hiking, I have to say hiking. Hiking, yeah, okay. Hiking, couple of the hiking heaven. In the summer. In summertime. <laughs> it's springtime as well. It's in autumn time. Just I love. I love no winter. I love to hike here in autumn mm. because um, the valleys in autumn, all the trees color changing, red, yellow, orange, kind of autumn mm. colors. It's like a postal card here. And the valleys in Kabarik are not difficult. Everybody can hike here. You know, It doesn't matter if you're a professional or you're amateur. Very simple, easy hiking with you. So Kabarik is definitely hiking heaven. Mm. Uh, apart from hiking, I would say these valleys are very nice for uh, horseback riding as well. Hmm. Wow. We feel like horseback riding. I don't know. Are you horseback no. riding now? No. no. Oh. I used to go when I was little at camp. Okay. I know. I would like to go horseback riding. There's also a couple of other things that people could do here, like go to the hot springs in the winter or go skiing in the winter as well. So there are winter activities. And we saw ATV people like out on four-wheelers. Yeah, I, I, I'm not really fan of quad bikes. Quiet bikes actually a few years ago prohibited in many um, places in Cambodia hmm. by the government as they are damaging the nature. Hmm. Oh, I can see that. they are riding on the uh, common roads. Yeah, yeah, we saw some bikes. of them. They were on the roads. And actually, eighty is kind of for the lazy people's job. If you like to explore the area, go by horse riding or by walk. By walking. Yeah, mm-hmm. by walking. I'd yeah. love to come back in the summer and do more walking mm-hmm. around. In the spring. You know how to find yeah. me In the spring, or just a little bit more, just a little bit more time, because every time that I've come before, we've only stayed for a really short time. But I think, really, someone could make a whole week of it and just relax and get up when they want to, do one thing a day. Did you Did you, Did you? you see our trust? Yes, it's gorgeous up there. It's 
packed with snow right now, but it's gorgeous. <laughs> One of the reasons people come here just to relax. People who doesn't like to go very tricy, noisy places, they come mm-hmm. here, you know, summertime, sit on the terrace, read books. The terrace has like a whole set of couches and benches so this is, and tables. This is what people do in summertime, just sit on the Sit on the trust, you know, read yeah. books. And, and it's perfect. Enjoy, yeah. yeah, it's just perfect for people to sit and have a glass of wine or drink a cup of coffee and, so yeah, be able to read and just, yes, and there's a gorgeous view up there. I did, I was, oh. I watched the, um, well, I couldn't really see the sun, but I did see the sun coming up this morning and the pictures were great. And it was just really gorgeous. So, yeah, we need to come when there's not as much snow mm-hmm. everywhere. Although the first hotel in Cappadocia opened in this town in the 1950s. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then the, the local people of this town mostly focused on underground storages. Almost 300 underground storages hmm. for storing lemon and orange. Really? In November, December, when the lemon and orange harvested in the Mediterranean coast of Turkey, they are transferring here to this town with trucks and they are kept. And there's underground storages until summer, or three or four months. When the summer comes, they take them out and, you know, transfer or sell all about the trophy. Keeping lemon and orange underground storages, first, natural protection. Second, makes lemons and oranges juicy, juicy lemon and juicy oranges. Really? Mm-hmm. But, um, like yeah, they have been making quite good money out of that business for a long time. Hmm. Still, still, like, still making, still, still making. making. But, uh, but about five, six years ago, um, the local people of this town noticed that the other towns in Cappadocia became popular with tourism business. They opened themselves for a tourism business, and they began to sell their old houses to the investors like me. Hmm. And they are moving to New Town. The other side of the town is the New Town, so there are new houses there. Huh. Yeah. So this town is very close to everything. Oh yeah, yeah. centrally. Or yeah. it's actually middle forces in the middle actually. Yeah. yeah. And more authentic. Um three years ago we had a honeymoon Canadian honeymoon couple here. They stayed five nights here. You know, one day I came in the evening to see if they did anything. And they said to me, so something interesting happened today. I said, What happened? They said we were walking in the back streets of the town, an old lady invited us to her house. First she served us tea, we drank it together. Then she made lunch for us, and we had lunch together. I said, was it English speaking? They said, no. How did you communicate it? Sign language. <laughs> <laughs> so can you imagine, we came all the way from Canada to Turkey for honeymoon, and you had lunch with a local lady who didn't speak English. That was a good um, yeah. uh, honeymoon memory for them. Authentic experience. Authentic experience. Yeah. actually doesn't seem too far from our lives sometimes. <laughs> With our level of Turkish that we have right now, <laughs> sometimes it feels like that, like we are sign languaging with yeah. people so that we can understand. Last summer, actually, we had an Australian, an Australian couple. Uh, there's a valley next by the town. Valley ends up uh, next village, and uh, you know, on the map, I showed them the route, and I said, at the end of the valley, you will reach Ibrahim Pasha village, and you will see a big bridge. Just get out of the valley before, just before the bridge. Walk over the bridge, go next, go the other side, and walk back parallel, and you can come back to Otesa, which is a nice reactor. However, 
they made a mistake. Instead of before, they attempted to get out of the uh, valley, the other side of the bridge. Uh-huh. And there was a vole belongs to the uh, local family's house. And they jumped over the wall into the backyard of the house. And there was an old lady in the house, showed them, who cannot speak English. So they realized that they are in the wrong place. They tried to tell the lady that they want to get out of the house. And she said, no. I mean, what, what she tried to tell in, in, in English, she asked them, to help to move the wardrobe in the bedroom, <laughs> which was me. So the Australian couple told me that we had to go all the way to this bedroom, the huge wardrobe there. We pushed the wardrobe, pulled the wardrobe, and then she let us go. <laughs> <laughs> they put it, she put them to work to move something yeah, for her. You never trespass. You never know. They what's might make happen. you do a chore that they yeah. needed done for a while. Ah, I love that you have so many stories of people that you've like visited here and friends that you've made. Yeah, these are the stories just remember, you know. Yeah. If you stay more, I could remember more and more stories. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell us, like, maybe just tell us one or two stories about one of the most famous people you've met here, or maybe one of the most interesting people that you've you've had come. Both can fall under two different categories, or they can both be the same. So. Sometimes we know the celebrities in advance, mm-hmm. but sometimes they're hiding their identities mm-hmm. important persons. Mm-hmm. For example, three or four, four years ago, uh, one day a tourist guide called us. He will have a tour group to fly, a Singaporean group, next day. But he said the, um, the ministry of defense of Singapore in the group. But he doesn't tell anyone that he's the minister. So be careful. <laughs> I said, okay. And next morning, I was waiting there in front of the office on the true bus. And I saw his picture in advance before I go online and look at his picture. So I saw a man who holds newspapers underneath the sun. I said, sir, what are you going to do with those newspapers? He said, I'm going to read in the balloons. <laughs> I said, sure, um, it's not a plane. <laughs> During the flight, maybe you should watch around and not reading paper. You didn't come all the way from Singapore to here yeah, to, read, to read newspapers <laughs> in a blue yeah. flight. But he was a very long man. I mean, he didn't read newspaper, but um, maybe 45 minutes of the flight, we talk about Turkey, you know, Middle East, Iran, European Union, and everything. He was very keen to learn. And then what happened? Like three months or four months later, we had a, another Singaporean group. Now, during the flight, we were chatting, uh, one of the girls in the group, and uh, I asked her, what's your profession? She said, I'm working at Ministry of Defense in Singapore. I said, well, Three months, oh, six months ago, uh, I flew with your minister. He thought for a few seconds, you know, that's, <sighs> she said, six months ago, our minister was disappeared for a week and no one knows where did he go. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I said, he joined a, a normal, regular true group and he came through and he flew with me. Wow. wow. Yeah, uh, apart cool. from him, uh, I mean, I flew Martha Stewart. We made a show uh, with her. 
She was an interesting personality, such a character. Like on her TV show. Yeah, on her TV show. Huh? In 2010, October. 1st of October, it was on the year. I mean, when people uh, search on YouTube, Martha Street Cappadocia, uh, they can find. Oh, well. We'll put a link to it in our show notes. Funny thing is, she didn't forget me. And uh, three years later, in 2014, she invited me to her show in New York. I was the guest of her Valentine's Day show in New York. Wow. Um, that was nice. She introduced me a lot of people, in the audience especially. When people learned that I'm her pilot, balloon pilot in Turkey, everybody run over me. Oh, that was the feeling of flying with Martha. Well, like, ah, that's okay. <laughs> And uh, a few years ago, I followed with the Prime Minister of Turkey. Wow. That, that was another stressful flight of my life, Jason. Yeah. And then yeah. I came for a landing, and it was a very calm day, good day, on a very large flight area, maybe a few feet off the ground. Just in case, I look back to check if my crew is following me. When I look back, you wouldn't believe I counted 32 police cars with headlights on following my balloon. <sighs> My balloon is going towards the Corsica's following me. Wow. That was an interesting scene from a distance. <laughs> balloon is going towards the Corsica's following It's like a Hollywood movie. They were trying to pull you over. I just give you're you trying to protect the Prime Minister. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, that's really interesting. And now we're here. Yeah. So. I know, I'm sad we didn't get to book with you. Like, I just picked a, picked a company. You were very nonchalant about it. You were like, there's two companies. Well, Here, you can just pick one of these. <laughs> sorry, I, I don't like to push people to one choice. I'm a very democratic uh, hotelier. No, you're very humble about it. Uh, I so. always do options people, you know. You know, this is something related to pleasant suite. I mean, I always like to give the good and medium. I, I never I never recommend the worst one. Mm-hmm. The good or medium. The good or medium. Mm-hmm. And choose this one or the one that Martha Stewart chose. I chose, I did not choose the one Martha Stewart chose. (laughs) So she probably had something special, like all made up and planned and whatever she needed. So I think I chose the cheaper of the two options. (laughs) So, which also has, I think, the basic of everything. Yeah. Uh, Nowadays, it's not really that much busy. I mean, normally, the one you choose using big balloons in the busy summertime, like 25, 28 person. Mm hmm. If it was summertime, maybe I could give you advices. You know, if you want to fly smaller balloons, choose the expensive one. Mm-hmm. So we use small balloons, basket. Yeah. 10, 12, 16 person balloons. Mm-hmm. That makes a uh, difference. We are, my company, Royal Blues, a more boutique company as well. Mm-hmm. We don't like to use big balloons. We don't like to work with big true buses, mostly Indonesian. People. Yeah. yeah. I don't. It's all my next, For your next visit, you can save more money, or you can save more money, so you can fly. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we'll work on that. <laughs> because every flight, I mean, don't think that one time flight is enough. Because every flight is a different experience. Because we do not steer hot air balloons. We go with the wind. Yeah. So every morning there's a chance to go different directions and to see different things. Mm-hmm. Also different scenery. I know some people come in Cabarquia on different seasons, like winter, autumn, spring, summer, mm-hmm. and to see different views. Tomorrow you're going to see snow landscape of Cabarquia. Mm-hmm. For example, if you come in springtime, April, May, the ground is full of colorful flowers. Mm-hmm. And as I said, in autumn, brown, uh, red, yellow, orange colors like a postcard view. 
to keep that in mind for the future. Next time. Next time. That was our interview with the manager slash owner of Castle Inn, Cappadocia, Suat Ulusoy. Yeah. So if you're ever in Cappadocia and you need a place to stay, we would highly recommend it. We would. And you can read about our stay at Castle Inn, Cappadocia as well. I will link to the post in the show notes. Yeah, sounds good. So we would love to hear from you if you are planning on going to Cappadocia. (laughs) If you're planning to come to Turkey. (laughs) Yeah, please let us know. Um, But otherwise, if you've ever been in a hot air balloon, we'd love to hear what your experience was. And as always, you can find us at funktravels.com, Facebook slash funktravels, and Instagram at funktravels as well. And we will see you next time. See you later. See you later.